0: Expectations would be. I'm contrarian in a lot of thinking, but you may find agreements here and there. The fighters selected should be considered at their prime best. Pacquiao is measured by how well he did in said division. For example, he fights Mancini at lightweight, Trinidad at welterweight, etc. Why Pacquiao? Pacquiao is a boxing first in that he's the first prize fighter who has ascended from flyweight to welterweight and won titles in each division on his way up. This kind of weight ascension is unprecedented in boxing history, and makes Pacquiao a modern-day answer to Henry Armstrong. Critics will offer unsubstantiated claims of steroid use and poo-poo his accomplishments in comparison to the fighters of yesteryear, but that is really focusing on the wrong details. Pacquiao has done something extraordinary and deserves to be mentioned in the same breath as any of the fighters listed in this piece. Longevity I place a lot of weight on the longevity of a fighter's career, specifically the length of time he was a dominating force. This is a highly subjective process as each fighter has completely different circumstances with regard to competition and managerial competence. One fighter may suffer that one brutal beatdown that ruins him forever. Another fighter may be able to hide for years through selective matchmaking or competing in an inferior division-slash-time period. Taken as a whole, however, I believe the ability to maintain a high level of skill into an advanced age should be given a lot of weight in analyzing a fighter's career. A lot of the pound-for-pound greats of today, such as Pacquiao, Floyd Mayweather Jr., Juan Manuel Marquez, and Bernard Hopkins, are competing in an age in which they would have been long retired in previous decades. In fact, the number of fighters competing past the age of 35, and still ranked in the top 10, is probably at an all-time high. Old-timers and readers of the book The Arc of Boxing will contend that this phenomenon is taking place only because the fighters of today don't have the technical skill of the fighters of yesteryear, and that fighters like Mayweather, Hopkins, etc. are able to excel against them simply because they know the things the Young Turks do not. While I agree that the technical nuance has gone down, I do not see the decline in the motor skills of the advanced-age fighters mentioned. I believe today's older fighters are successful primarily because they have gotten past that mental block that says that you have to have some kind of physical deterioration after age 30. They're hitting the wall physically much later than fighters from prior decades because they have to believe they can. So there you have it. I'm not a Pacquiao fanboy per se. I acknowledge his weaknesses below like any other fighter. But you would have to be an absolute hater to not admire him for his rise from poverty to the top of the boxing world. As of this writing, he is 35 years old and still considered a pound-for-pound great, as well as being the biggest draw aside from Floyd Mayweather Jr. Given all of his strengths and weaknesses, here is how I see him being compared to the best fighters of the past 40 years who competed in the same weight classes. Versus Wilfredo Gomez, 44-3-1, 42 knockouts. Gomez is without question the greatest 122-pounder in the history of the division, but it is a weight class that is really just a stopgap to featherweight. If this bout would take place at featherweight or junior lightweight, Pacquiao would win in a walkover. But since we are judging Pacquiao's opposing fighters in their prime, we're going with Gomez at his junior featherweight best. Gomez was retired by the age of 33, and that is slightly above the norm in the lower weight classes, making Pac's tenure in the sport all the more remarkable. Bazooka was considered shot by the age of 28, but managed to upset Rocky Lockridge to gain the WBA junior lightweight crown. A disputed win, but the fight was reasonably close. I thought Gomez was at his best around 1980 when he destroyed a skilled fighter named Derek Holmes on NBC. He did have his great moments against Carlos Zarate, Lupe Pintor, and Juan Laporte, all better fighters than Holmes, but this fight in particular really showcased everything Gomez could do. He could punch with power and play defense when he wanted to. Online forum commenters favored Gomez in this matchup. if the fight took place at 122. One fan said that Pacquiao was still a bit green when he campaigned at 122 pounds, and that is an excellent point. Another fan pointed out that Gomez's only weaknesses were food and women. I don't know about the women, but the love for food is clearly evident as he ballooned in weight after his fighting career was over. Title bout computer simulation. Gomez starts fast and sweeps the first two rounds. Pacquiao recovers and begins walking Gomez down in the third. In the fourth, Pacquiao lands with regularity and hurts Gomez with a left cross. Gomez's knee dips, but he remains upright. In the fifth, Gomez shows his resolve and his overhand right begins working overtime. He hurts Pacquiao bad with a wild right towards the end of the round, and the Filipino is on the verge of going down. Gomez spells blood in the sixth, and has Pacquiao against the ropes. He unleashes a volley of shots and drops the Pac-Man. Pacquiao rises on unsteady legs, but is dropped again by the follow-up. He arises and tries to hang on, but Gomez is too much. He lands overhead right after overhand.